Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Oren. I am unfortunately in the Middle East right now, so I am not able to be on this episode, but there's been 378 episodes of Just Shoot It. I haven't missed one single episode which is more than Matt can say. And I really didn't want him to be able to think that we're even by him missing one episode and me missing one episode. So I just wanted to get my voice on this episode. I hope you all really enjoy this conversation with Matt and Roxy. I myself can't wait to hear it. So here we go. Episode 379 of Just Shoot It. Take it away, Matt and Roxy. Hey, welcome to the 379th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. I'm Matt Enloe, and this is Roxy Shee! Woo! It's me! It's just me and Matt BB. That's right, that's right. Oren is traveling the world, and so this is just a Roxy and Matt episode. I am so honored. Wait, am I technically a co-host of this episode right now? I mean, <gasps> Oren has done, I think, two episodes without me. Uh-huh. And uh, this is my first without him. So um, does it feel weird? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You no, know, it's fine. Like <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious to see the way that the content is different. I think this oh, will be a very sure. like you know touchy feely like in your yes. emotions sort yes. of sort of episode it's a vulnerability episode sure sure and Oren would say he would he loves to be open he loves to complain and vent and talk about the struggles i'm putting on my kaplan hat to just try and find some like tangible teachable moments in our conversation mm-hmm. so roxy you have a, a you wrapped in a new feature that had all sorts of different challenges. And in talking about it before we started rolling, I realized, oh, we haven't done a what to do when you're dealing with, I don't want to categorize your feature this way, but we've all been in that situation where you're dealing with a shit show. And like, mm-hmm. how, how do you, what are the red flags? How do you work around them? How do you embrace them? What are the things that you can do to uh, not just get through a shoot that's really challenging, but, uh, come through with a product that you're proud of and something that that is as awesome as you'd hoped it was when you first signed on in the first place Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna get to all of that but first i had a little catch-up roxy Mm -hmm. so as you know well last time roxy you when i talked it was uh our end of the year catch-up episode so i think like regular listeners will remember this feature was the one that 
that you were talking about, basically. That's right. the one that you've just wrapped. So you've gone on this crazy adventure. I can't wait to dig in on it a little bit. We have to be a little vague here and there, but you and I both have been through the ringer plenty of times. So we'll have plenty of tangible uh, examples. But before that, I had this funny experience that I thought would be interesting to talk about on the show. <gasps> what happened? I am a new dad. My kid's a year and a half old mm-hmm. and my wife is an actor. And so a handful of times now, the director, especially if we know them, has been like, hey, do you want to bring Nora to set mm-hmm. and, you know, be in an, like a, a shot or two or a scene or two? <laughs> um my daughter is offer only <laughs> been in a couple things at this point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But so that means that I'm the set dad. My wife's been shooting for a while. She's in a couple days deep on stuff. You know, yeah. she knows the whole crew oh or whatever. God, you're a dadager. You're like a stage dadager. <laughs> I roll up midday. I come at lunch or whatever. And I've got the kid and I got the stroller and I got the bag and I'm there. Um, and it's genuinely so fun. It's really yeah. been great. Yeah. But you can't turn your filmmaker brain off. Mm. And so I've talked before about how I'm a terrible extra because like I'll pitch things. And oh, no, I know. I know. I don't do you it have anymore. To know your role. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm literally biting my tongue. I remember once giving a blocking note to a friend. Stop. Who, she was like, it'll cut fine. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I've learned, but it really, you know, you still are like, oh, well, what, you know, why, why are you doing it that way? Or I would do it this way. Or like, I, maybe I can jump in and help or whatever. You know, like that's mm-hmm. always racing mm-hmm. in your head, right? Like Roxy, mm-hmm. you visited other people's sets mm-hmm. and you produced for a long time as well while mm-hmm. you were still directing. How do you, turn off those voices what do you do <laughs> oh i i actually never experienced what you what you what you just described like oh interesting i think because i first started as a producer like mm-hmm. i always knew that that wasn't my role mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. like i'm there to assist the creative but i'm not there to mm-hmm. determine the creative so i didn't come right out of, the, out of the bat being like oh yeah i'm a director and this is usually my strength mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i just be like okay well you do you and my role is this so mm-hmm. i'm very compartmentalized in I'll that way in the PO just yeah. taking care of business yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i'm just like yeah. i'm just gonna go eat snacks you do you boo you know mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. never ever think that way um i think it's also because i'm always just like they know what they want and i trust that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um you know and they're making something completely different everyone's on their own journey i think that's usually how i see it yeah and that's the smart, correct way to come into any, <laughs> any situation. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this l- most recent experience, I very quickly turned that part of myself off and just was mm-hmm. like, what can I learn? Because what was interesting is that the director had a very, very, very different style than I do in terms of communication and crew management, kind of like the, the behind the scenes aspects of it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I would do a thing where I would call action very loudly so I knew everyone could hear that we were rolling Mm -hmm. or like things, you know, things like that. And, you know, there were there were times where I wasn't sure if we were rolling or not on this set. And it was kind of nice. And like, look, did a light get turned off because the crew was trying to get ahead of the shot while we were still using it? Yeah. And you know what we did? We turned we turned it back on. Yeah, she she said, oh, oh, sorry, we're still using that. Wait a few minutes. 
I love that. Like you feel like an energetic shift, right? Mm -hmm, Like I think mm -hmm. you, I just know, oh my God, Matt, I've known you for so long. And just hearing you talk like this, I'm like, my friend, you're getting older (laughs) because like, because you realize that you learn, like, I think we are at a place because what you were describing earlier about like, oh yeah, maybe not knowing boundaries in terms Mm -hmm, of being on other people's sets is a very 20s thing you know like you're in your 20s thing because you just want to just be able to oh maybe i could help by like you know just Mm -hmm, inserting mm -hmm. myself in here but as you get older you're just like oh you're more of an observer Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um even if you're the leader even if you're the director or whatever it's just like um i've been you've known me for a long time too i used to be so chaotic sure yeah yeah that's true true. (laughs) i was so chaotic and now i'm just like you know, I just find power in being still and just mm-hmm. observing and mm-hmm. being calm. Like there's power in that. Yeah. Totally. And like yeah. you learned, you know what I'm saying? And you mm-hmm. continue to absorb. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, we started this podcast partially because you don't get to talk to other directors and therefore it's really hard to learn from each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, being a set dad, was like this kind of fun glimpse into something like a, just a radically different approach. That was, it was cool. It was really cool. So Did Nora like being on set, you know, yes, mm. so far. Yes. Like the hours have been easy breezy. I know what I'm doing well enough to like, know, like be able to read the cues or find my, my pals to be like, Hey, she needs to go burn off a little energy. We'll be over here. Like I, I can communicate with a crew well enough that it's like, uh, I'm a team member for them, you know, yeah. like, uh, like the set teacher, you know, was, I was just like, Hey, I got it. You know, like, just make sure we don't go too long or whatever that we don't accidentally mess up the hours or whatever, but like, like we'll be okay. And they were like, fine, great. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so she likes it. We also, on this last shoot, my wife had recommended the makeup artist, mm-hmm. um, who's an old dear friend. And so it was fun to like hang out with her. She has kids of her own who are much older now. So she was excited to be around Nora and also knows like how to, you know, entertain a child if, you know, people needed to be other places or whatever. So like we had like, we had like a nice core group of people that we could you know, have fun with and depend on. It was cool. It was a special, special day. Just like hearing you talk about this, I know you miss directing, but at the same time, there's a sweetness about what it is that you're experiencing now. Like if you were directing all the time, you wouldn't be able to do that. You know, like um, just be able to be that bigger perspective person, you know, being a showrunner, bringing your daughter to set, you know, being around your friends and catching up and stuff like that. Like there's a sweetness about it. Yeah. No, and, you it know, is, it is special. I, I will tell you what though, boy, it did put that hunger back in me. I, I, like, left and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, cause also like I, I was there two days and you, you know, you get to know people. It's, it was a young crew too, oh. you know, <laughs> but like they were like, uh, we're getting older. <laughs> Yeah, sure. As I like to say, <laughs> proxy, we're getting older, but the crews stay the same. Age. Oh my god! I know. Like on this recent shoot, like all the camera people were like, the camera department was all like nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-olds, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, they're like ready to go out after the shoot. They're hooking yeah. up. They're oh best god. friends. <laughs> it's great. It's really great. 
but that energy is good to be around. Those it's, are our people, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, a little bit of perspective, I guess maybe the takeaway for everyone uh, listening at home is, um, have a kid, let them get mm-hmm. a little older, then, uh, you know, get, make sure that they're offered a handful of set roles uh, where you're <laughs> friends with the whole crew is, is really what I would recommend. No. Um, but I think like the chance to observe another set is something worthwhile and like you should go for it if you have always, a chance. Always, always. Yeah. yeah. It's always, you, you take away something when you're actually the one observing. That's always yeah. how I feel. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, Roxy, let's jump into it. Mm. Um, but before we do that, patreon.com slash just shoot a pod <laughs> is a place where you can support the show a little bit. We got a couple new bills, so you know, uh, we've got some stuff coming up. Drop us a few bucks uh, if you want to help us out. That would be greatly appreciated. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We're going to use your feature as kind of the structural element, but this is an opportunity for any war story and how we dealt with it. Let's start with the earliest red flags, right? Like when you were first in pre-production on this film, did you see anything that like... Oh, yes. Yes. So I I feel like, um, you know, so for those of you who are now listening or don't know much about me, I started off as a producer. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Matt and I first met in sort of that dynamic. He was a director. I was a producer. We're doing a brand deal. And um, I've done a lot of stuff. You know, I've Mm -hmm. done I don't know how many features I've done at this point, um, mostly in the low budget range. I've done, you know, lots of commercials. I've done music videos. I've done all of it. Uh, to, to clarify, though, mostly right. in the low budget, budget range, that's still a pretty big range. Like your first feature was mm. 
uh, six figures, right? Right. right. Let's clarify low six, what and, low and, budget but, means. Yeah. And, but like now that's like the budget that you were working on now, for instance, I think every listener would be like, oh, yeah, that's a real budget. But, that's true. true. But it's not. This is uh, definitely the biggest budget I've worked on. Yeah, 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 yeah. As like, a feature uh, film. Yeah, this is millions of dollars, I think we can say safely without mm-hmm. is that I'm not getting you in trouble if I say that. No, right? no, 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 you're fine. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, I it's was not just a saying, studio feature. Mm-hmm. But I can say it. I could say it. it's yeah. like a two to three million dollar movie, you know. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. So but the thing is, I think I, the reason why I say low budget space is because when you think of low budget, you're just like, OK, you're being getting your hands really dirty. You mm-hmm. so, sort of have to wear multiple hats. And in that environment, you go through a lot of challenges, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a sense, in a way that I like to like talk about my career, whatever it may be, I like to think of myself when I think of myself as a filmmaker as I've been through it. Like yeah, sure. I've done it, right? We've but, seen a version of all of these. Exactly, yeah, yeah. right? It's like I've, I've, I've put in my 10,000, mm-hmm. you know, hours, whatever, but I wasn't, humbled until I worked on this movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when you say that, you're just like, I feel like I have enough ammo to fight through whatever mm-hmm. obstacles come away because I've been through it. Honey, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's mm-hmm. always something new to learn. So I would say the first red flags that came with this situation was we were still wondering if things were a go with this movie because obviously, well, not obviously, but usually in films like this, or when you're doing a feature film, a lot of it depends on casting, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. with this budget, even though it's lower, we aimed really high. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we Talent swung wise. really hard. Yeah, you, and, you were looking yeah. for namey name people. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the decisions on when this was to start hinged on that decision. So mm-hmm. we didn't know if we were going to get our actor and and then like we were planning to shoot around the April May area in Newfoundland mm-hmm. and then um and then it was literally like i think four and a half weeks out of production that was slated Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're that's, like, "That's when you <laughs> locked it." Right? Yeah. So let's uh, let's unpack that crazy. a little bit though, because I because I, that that is crazy. Mm-hmm. If you're an accountant and you're like, "I don't know if this business is going to hire me or not until four weeks out," and I have all of these expenditures and I have to hire all these people to do all of this work, you'd be like, "That's crazy." As mm-hmm. an independent filmmaker, that is crazy, but not unheard of, right? right? Right. Like uh, your budget being contingent on cast is very, very common, if not the norm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and people getting cast kind of last minute. Also, not that crazy. Sometimes think but your lead is what who you're talking about here. So that's a bigger mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. And then also that oftentimes it's not like when you get greenlit. All somebody's just like, here's a check for the entirety of your budget. Like there's a cash flow to it, right? Like you have a certain amount of money in escrow and that means you're good to go. But like that money is going to continue to trickle in, so to speak, on a weekly or monthly basis or whatever the deal is. Right. So none of that's totally, totally crazy. But 
there were it sounds like there were things that are extenuated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like there yeah. were movies I've done with two weeks of prep, like, and I wasn't yeah. stressed about. But you weren't worried about this. It. This what particular this movie. Yeah. Okay, so there's a bunch of amount of X factors that we didn't know were going mm-hmm. to happen. So mm-hmm. first of all, we're talking about shooting in a different country, right? Mm-hmm. In sure. a town that sure. you've never been to, and you're going to be working with mostly local crew. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, my DP came with me. I hired, you know, my PD from Canada because of like, you know, the tax rebate, all of that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there were so many things that were still unknown. Nothing was locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, four weeks mm-hmm. before. So it's just a lot of right. it's conversations. Not, it's not the talent. No. It's the whole freaking movie. It's the movie. whole freaking thing. And I think with my background as a producer, I ha- you get spider, you have spider sure. senses. And so you're just like, if this isn't in place first, like, and you're looking at the schedule, you're like, this is going to affect mm-hmm. all of these other elements. There's no schedule, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like things are just so unknown. Like mm-hmm. at least you could have like a bones calendar or plan mm-hmm. but there was nothing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would talk to my producer and then he's like we still don't know anything yet because they're still managing a couple of things and granted the production company was like finishing another movie so their hands were busy with that and at that point you're just like well it's not like you know if you shoot in LA like if you and me we shot in LA we'll be like all right well I understand it's okay I know the resources here I can mm-hmm. at least have some conversations get started mm-hmm. right and in so, the back of your head you're like okay look if all of these people end up falling out I still have my homies I can call uh, like my exactly. my my, dem- my bench is deep yeah, exactly. of people you can call. Yeah, exactly. So there were a lot of things, you know, I think being in L.A., it's like you have the cream of the crop. You could work mm-hmm. with a non-union actor that's really, you know, top mm-hmm. shelf. Right. Mm-hmm. But like that, I'm like, it's a newly budding film industry. We don't have mm-hmm. really a list of crew people we could really hire. It's more like mm-hmm. a lot of these people are new. And so you're going in with a lot of them. Um, you don't really know what the expectations are because they don't have a lot of experience, you know, uh, amazing people, lovely people, but that's the reality. That's the nature of the mm-hmm. game. And that mm-hmm. is the choice, right? So you're venturing into unknown territory, quite literally. And mm-hmm. um, with that sense, you just, you have an intuition about these things, but and, um, you know, and then suddenly, you know, once they say, OK, he's in, it's like, OK, Roxy, we need you to get you on a plane like tomorrow. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So you have no time to housekeep anything. Then you're on a plane and mm-hmm. with your producer and you're on your way. And then mm-hmm. I had a visa. We there had, are like, a fewer visa. plants in your background, Ro- Roxy. <laughs> yes. My condolences. Well, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. But like, um, you know, I, I now also it's like. You know, because it's a newer budding, like sort of um, a place for film, like Severance is now shooting there, you know, mm-hmm. um, cool. but cool. they're trying to bring people more filming over there. So, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, usually when I shoot in Toronto, I would get asked about like my visa paperwork like weeks in advance. And this was done mm-hmm. super last minute. So there were things that were just mm-hmm. not aligning or coordinated. Could, could it be- you know? There is that difference between like, we don't have our cast, but we're still, we're still just getting all of our ducks in a row versus Mm -hmm. we don't have our cast. So we don't even consider the ducks. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the difference. It sounds like, right. Like you could be like, all right, well, here's a, here's a schedule we can all work off of. Hopefully it works. It probably will have to change some things, but we're Mm -hmm. all pointed in this direction. Right. And then we have everybody on hold or whatever. And if they need to move the days around, you can, you can, but if you don't have a schedule built, you don't have anything to move and you don't have anything to fix in the first place as, as one 
microcosm of, of what it sounds like this was exactly yeah. and so and as a director just waiting to start. i was just waiting and i'm like i don't i don't know so i don't have connect i don't know what it's like so mm-hmm. you feel powerless in that sense mm-hmm. which um just starts to make you feel a little bit uneasy but Anyways, we got there and um, Daphne, my amazing DP, who's freaking amazing, came literally a few days after. And then we started scouting these locations. And Newfoundland, y'all, Newfoundland is beautiful, okay? For those of you who don't know where it is, it's like where the Titanic submersible recently had their sitch. So anyways. Do you have any other examples? Of where it <laughs> yeah, it's also where the, by the closest place where the Titanic sank in North America. I'm sorry, that's like the only. <laughs> that's all you got. That's all I've got. Um, okay. Also, Newfoundland's famous for their cod. So, um, oh. yeah. So if you want That's really good. good cod, you should go to um, St. John's in Newfoundland. But, um, you know, we we basically had to scout all these locations. Um, like, we just had to put the pieces together. We realized the weather was a lot more temperamental than we were aware of. You go through four seasons in a day. It could be snowing for 10 minutes, then sunshine for 10 minutes, then fog, heavy fog, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was really the Bermuda triangle of weather. Boy. And and not going too deep into what this film is about, but like, is it contemporary? Is it outdoor? Like what are the things you're looking for when you're scouting? Um, so this, the reason why we wanted to shoot here is because we wanted some of that weather. Like it was uh-huh. a little sure, bit a little atmosphere. attached yeah. to the creative of the story. And, um, and Newfoundland is gorgeous, y'all. Like, like literally one of the most beautiful places on the planet, but it's also very difficult. If you're thinking about someplace so beautiful, resources, access, mm-hmm. transport, sure. like all of that is difficult for like um a smaller film so um yeah but we weren't aware of how crazy it is like my actors couldn't get into the town for two days they were stuck in like a vortex of going from toronto to halifax back to toronto and couldn't get in because of a massive fog storm for two days so we had to push a day it was insane it was just like completely unpredictable like this island will allow you to come in when it decides to (laughs) <laughs> and it's your your actors, so like their mood is really important. Yeah. And so if you're just like stuck in the airport for two days and also you know now you're a day behind. Right. That's a bad headspace. Like literally to kick off a film. <laughs> they landed at like eleven thirty. It took them like an hour to get picked up from the airport and drive to their Airbnb. So they probably got in at like one in the morning. Then mm. they literally started the first day of shooting the next day at eight AM. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> and oh we didn't have boy. time to do a fitting. Um, you know, we didn't have time to do a yeah. fitting. Like they literally sure, just sure. came to set and started shooting the movie. Well, and you're I mean, look, the, some of that is like you know, you're a fish in water. How, you, the, these actors are they used to doing indie film? Are they kind of rough and tumble or are they look looking for stuff feel- a little bit more? I will say this. I got so incredibly lucky with this cast. Like this movie is literally just two people and mm-hmm. it, they just go through the most intense character journey that, mm-hmm. that you know, I, and I, I think like beyond everything, despite the challenges, everybody knows the script is great. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's incredibly invested. And like the fact that it's like an indie movie, my two actors were all the way in. Like I could not be more grateful and to have their trust 
And um, it was really just such a beautiful project. Like any time that I was blocking or that I said rolling through cut, like that was my heaven. Like that was heaven mm-hmm. for me in those moments. And then like whatever logistical nightmares sure. we had to deal with, like that was what we had Sounds to deal like with. The solution is easy, Ro- Roxy. Just don't what? cut. <laughs> just don't cut and then you're good. Just let, I guess let the until the Coast Guard's like until the Coast Guard's like, hey, um, you guys got to shut down because you, you have you have to cut. Yeah, you um, have to cut. Yeah, yeah, and not to bury the lead here, you are ultimately really, really happy with the end product, and oh, like yes. you, you, know, you feel like this. It, there's the happy ending at the end of the storm, but so, so okay, so pre-production is rushed. Mm-hmm. and delayed mm-hmm. what's the next thing that it like the next totem or the next flag in on this path um so we were shooting um at a historical site but like we were shooting in terrain so literally mm-hmm. every day you had to take atvs to set mm-hmm. and then we were dealing with like zero degree weather mm-hmm like the wind was needles on your face and we were doing about 30 to 40 flights of stairs daily because okay. we were hiking like it so was... let's unpack that because i think <laughs> yeah. you know uh similarly you remember um i did like a western townies uh, townies yes that's right oh, you came to the townies premiere i did i will always support you matt and that's, so, that's incredible thank you roxy mm-hmm. so townies we shot basically in between la and vegas mm-hmm. in july oh my god and no it was it was beautiful you know, really hot, really, really hot. Everyone's in period costumes. So, so, so sometimes the project just needs you to get the heck out there and shoot. Right. And each terrain, each climate is going to have its own ways of dealing with it. And hopefully you have a few locals and a set medic and a, a handful of people there who are like, you know, it's not their first rodeo in this particular environment. Right. Like we were really good about, mm-hmm hydration and we had areas where people could cool off and we were really mindful of all of the signs of heat stroke and all of that. Right. But we still have to shoot in the place. We still just got to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Would you have changed any of the locations or was it worth it? Uh, Oh man. And if it wasn't worth it, why? You know what I mean? This is a really good question, Matt, because a part of me is saying it was worth it because we got to shoot some amazing landscapes and we were actually yeah. in the historical sites and mm-hmm. you lived and breathed the energy of mm-hmm. like you, you could, it translates like it, yeah. it, it's so worth it. But at the same time, knowing what I know now, I don't know if those obstacles were worth it in terms of dealing with mother nature because Mm -hmm. like you can't get insurance payout for that. Like it's not a hurricane. It's not like some unpredicted disaster, right? Like if you lose those days, cause we called a few days Uh and that was just money gone a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So so you've got how many days are on your schedule? 18, but I, but I think we actually only shot 14. Yeah. So 18 days is quick. That's quick. That's a fast move. Like that's, indie movies right but right. like whoo, hot diggity right like right. that's are you doing fives or sixes um we're doing fives it ha- yeah, yeah well, it's, it's union so it has to be fives yeah. great great yeah three and a half weeks is what that breaks down to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so there's not there's no act of god so you can't get to claim insurance money so you're saying 
you're up there on, on this mountaintop or in this historic environment and the rain just makes, is it that your scenes don't match anymore or just that no. it's unsafe to shoot or what? What's like the... with, with those things, it's mostly the wind. So it's the, uh-huh. it's the, it's how, how strong the winds are. Like you can't put, we didn't put any C stands outside. We didn't, we weren't able to set anything outside the windows because it's just mm-hmm. that dangerous. Mm-hmm. And when you're that close to the coast, you're dealing with like 30 to 80 mile per hour winds. Mm-hmm. You could feel the house shake. Like that mm-hmm. is the danger. Mm-hmm. Um, my DP, she's like a hundred pounds. Like, literally when we walked outside she was gonna get swept away like that's the danger of it yeah it's Um, not just uncomfortable it's an actual risk it's an actual so like a lot of these different places that we scouted that were on the coast of um the island we had to like my producer neil almond who's amazing he goes by himself and he's like any single day this wind could be different which location gives us like the least margin of error right so Uh we ended up picking that location which is very smart but but i think my wild creative heart and I'm so glad I have the support of my producers on this is I'm like, whatever it is, we lean into it because that's the mm-hmm. nature of mm-hmm. how the weather plays inside the movie. So if one take we have, you know, like lots of fog, then the next we don't, we have a lot of wind, whatever, let's lean into it. Like, um, I, I felt like it was very much, you know, um, you feel very present with that kind of energy. And I haven't felt that way ever Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that I'm so grateful for. You know, we're not on a stage or anything. We're actually there. And that's mm-hmm. a type of magic. And and you can't have it all, you know? So you really got to pick and choose what your battles are. And that was a battle that we willingly chose when we yeah. thought about those locations. And so, so the result is that the footage is incredible, but yes. you lose, you lost four days. Yeah, you almost and, lost a full week. That's it's a lot. That's a pretty significant amount of time. So then, what? How do you deal with that? What do you? What? Where, how do you remedy the loss of those days? You know that that term that says when things are bad, be strong, and when things are good, be soft. I think mm. that's a. I, I'm totally saying it wrong, but I think it has to do with leadership, right? And um, I, I'm just so grateful to have my producer and my DP. And, and um, also my production designer, who is just absolutely incredible. And these people just came to the front lines with me every single day because I was not strong the entire time. There were times when I wanted to cry, you know, and like that I physically and emotionally and spiritually felt very weak. Um, and they just carried me. You know, they just carried me like I didn't cast my lead actress until maybe two days before I started shooting. Right. And I remembered like when I when things just couldn't keep just couldn't work out, like with some of the options. And Daphne would be like, Roxy, you'll get your Vigo. You know, if everyone's Mm -hmm. familiar with the Vigo Mortensen story with Lord of the Rings, who he was cast like after production started because he Mm -hmm. replaced Stuart Townsend. Um, And she was right. You know, I got my Vigo. I got the most incredible actress for my movie. And um, it just goes to show that, like, this really is an energetic, collaborative art form Mm -hmm. where you just show up for each other. Right. Like Neil's probably the best producer I've ever worked with. I've learned so much from him and there was nothing that he wouldn't do. You know, he's been in this business for over 25 years and you could just tell that in his heart of hearts, he's still a child wanting to Mm -hmm. accomplish. Like, you know, he's in his, he's like, oh yeah, I'm like closer to your parents age. And that like always freaks him out. But 
It's really about who you surround yourself with. I love that. Yeah. Of course, like choosing your team is is part of the process that I think as younger filmmakers, you don't realize and like you think, Oh, maybe you're DP or something like that. Mm, but like all, realizing of it's it's all of it, all of it, all of it is important. All of it is essential. All of it is, um, one of the best gifts, you know what I mean? To be able yeah. to, to find your people, find your collaborators, learn from them is wonderful. But so outside of, you know, bringing along the team that you have been through the ringer with the ones you can rely on the ones that you know you can look to when you're not feeling your best mm. were there any tangible things you did to leave that door open for them create the opportunity for them to rise to the occasion oh my gosh matt <laughs> listen i see this is my my uh, this is how I work as a director. I always just feel that like I am the one creating the space for others to sh like everyone has their stamp on the mm -hmm. movie. You know, you're the one basically incurred like you're guiding the creative in a direction. Mm -hmm. But in terms of allowing people to show themselves in the best way possible, you must give them that space. Mm -hmm. And uh, just just saying for all everyone listening, like I love my new Finland crew. Like everybody was top notch as well and I'm so grateful for my keys because they really pulled this movie through as well. I'm surrounded by great people. I was just saying that earlier for like the people that I've known for you sure, know, sure, like what a deeper relationship yeah, yeah. with. But, but like but what yeah. I'm asking is mm -hmm. what specifically have you seen work in bringing that out of people are you explicitly telling them hey this is all our film or like what how do you oh, how do you right, how right, do right. cuz it, it's easy to be oh, like yeah. it's all our movie right oh, right, like, right thank you for clarifying the, that the you know the proof is in the sauce right what do you right. do what so, how does rocky roxy make it clear that it's all our movie so you know? the thing is like as your director you're not only paying attention to what's happening on screen you're also noticing like what's happening on set so mm -hmm. you're also and being doing a feature film, you get really close to people. Right. Mm -hmm. And you in prep, you get to understand what their strengths are, uh, what their nuances are. Right. And so in certain situations, for example, like um, the AC, you know, Joe, first AC, he's 20 years old. He's a baby. But my God, his eye is great. He's always super sharp. He just finds it. He finds really good moments. I'm like, hey, Joe, you know, like for this take, why don't you just explore like how it feels for you in a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And like me and Daphne, my DP, we have a shorthand like we don't shot list really together. Like she does her own shot list. Um, I don't really, we don't really talk about like, like I, I just block and then she determines the shots mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. I just direct the performances with the shots and maybe there's some input once in a while, but that's her floor after mm -hmm. I'm done blocking. That's all her. Like, I don't micromanage that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, and, and, you know, I realized that like my, the, um, assistant production designer has a really good taste for certain vintage things. And I'm like, oh yeah, go wild with that. You know, like, mm -hmm, I know you, mm -hmm. blew, like, you, you know, I've seen this, like, what sure. you're like, what do you think about that? So it's like really asking for people's opinions and giving really, truly listening mm -hmm. and just, um, also getting to know them personally 
and letting them because when people feel empowered, that's when people really commit to the work. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, like I said earlier, it's like you and I are getting older and we're noticed and it's it's more about me sitting and observing and speaking only when I really have something to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. very specific. I think as a director, it's not just about your actors or the P or your AD and your DP and your producer. No, it's beyond that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking up for others and and just being mindful that you're guiding the whole circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I think if we share that um, that mentality, I, I think also the side effect of that is that when it's when you don't love something, when you're. Mm-hmm assistant production designer shows up with something vintage that's not right for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. because you've built all this goodwill where they know that you're valuing them. When you aren't feeling something that it doesn't bother them nearly as much, right? It motivates them even more a little bit and also reinstills the sense of leadership that they need. Brings to mind my favorite joke, maybe of all time. How many first-time directors does it take to screw in a light bulb? Wait, what's the answer to that? <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> right? Um, uh, so, like, you don't want them to lose confidence in you, right? So I think mm-hmm. I, in my younger years, I think I was more prescriptive and more like, this is what I want, right? And I think that that eliminates your ability to collaborate with people. If they don't have the invitation to bring something to the table, they won't. Right. And then Mm -hmm. you lose out on that artist and that specialist and and their whole knowledge base and the the project suffers and everyone has worse time. So you, you have to leave that door open for them. But also if you seem wishy washy, then they'll lose confidence in you. So it is a fine line, but if you're, honest in both circumstances oh i love this and oh this is close but not perfect and oh this isn't right all of that helps you level up the film level up and your collaborative relation level up i think it really needs to be a dialogue right because at the end of the day your job is human relations and it's it's what you said for me, what I find always works for me because I'm a narrative director is I always speak from a character perspective mm-hmm. and I know these characters very well. So I go into the details of like, this is the room that she grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's obsessed with these types of, you know, animals, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And like she went through this, like in this, like they've read the script, you know what I'm saying? But like to give them even more color, context, textures about who this person was, mm-hmm. you know, obsessed with the 90s. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a creative key would be eating that shit up. Like they'll mm-hmm. be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. I like that. I like that. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you, th- Oh, I love that. Right. I hate this. Well, what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, we could do this. What do you think? Right. So it's really just, man, it's all just like a lesson in leadership. Right. And, yeah. um, yeah. just inviting people to your table so that they could be heard. And then you being the final yes or no. Yeah, no, I I love that. And I want to point something else out about you talking about coming at it from a character perspective, mm-hmm. because I think I learned this from script notes years ago. But like when you're giving notes on a screenplay, talk about the screenplay. Don't talk about you wrote this wrong or you you've got it wrong or this is wrong. Mm-hmm. The screenplay is the thing that you're addressing. It's not a personal attack. Right. Right. And so uh, 
when you come at any notes from a character perspective, then it's not Roxy doesn't like this or Roxy does like this. It's is this right for the character and mm-hmm. how can we get closer to sharing a vision for what that character is and believes? And that's not that's something that you're the steward of, but not the the end all be all right. Like if someone brings you you know, a screen poster from the nineties and you're like, Oh, that's not what I was thinking, but that's right. Right. You know, then, then the world gets to open up a little bit more. Whereas if it's just your taste, we've all dealt with people, boy, especially in commercials where we're really talking about someone's taste. (laughs) Right. Like this, you like that. Okay. So then I guess we get just pick whoever's higher on the pecking order. That's what's, what's right. Mm-hmm. Rather than coming at it from a character perspective of like, I don't think that they would buy this because they don't have the money to, or they have more money than this or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's where I feel like a director. Personal, you know? Yeah. But it's like, you were talking about being prescriptive. Right. And I feel like that's where you really need to know your shit and you really mm-hmm. need to know your story and you really need to know who these people are because mm-hmm. that is what pe- what, everyone seeks in a director is Mm -hmm. that voice and that perspective but it's Mm -hmm. like not being prescriptive about like well some some are you know if it depends on what director you are you know it's like oh yeah like this this rock needs to be angled this certain way like Mm -hmm. it has to be that like absolutely i respect that but i feel that i feel that when a lot of creative people are working with a director like they hunger for that they Mm -hmm. want they Mm -hmm. want that you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so locations mm-hmm. sounds like it was worth it it was <laughs> sounds like it was worth it Sick. and look and you know like to paraphrase another podcast making movies is hard right yes. so like everyone kind of signs up for like it's going to be like there's a difference between hard and dangerous and you had to make the call of like oh this is dangerous we can't shoot right oh this is hard oh this is unpleasant oh i'm sopping wet or you know, I'm frustrated because I just put up a light and now we don't need it or mm-hmm. whatever, like the shifts of the weather. Are the, that's just the gig. Right. Right. So, so, so then the next, let's talk about that next big challenge. Right. After you've picked your locations, you're shooting. What, <laughs> what, what's the, um, and this could be from any project, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like because I just came off of this movie, like all I can think about this movie and clearly there was nothing like it in my entire career but Mm -hmm. for example i was talking about weather shutting us down for like multiple days right so originally we had travel days right Mm -hmm. so for those of you who are familiar with that it's like literally the whole company moves to another location sets up like you need a whole day for this stuff like Mm -hmm. base camp Mm -hmm. generators like you know making sure all the resources are figured out you don't shoot on travel days um but you know it's like we're all traveling together it's like the circus is moving yeah yeah but like because we lost those days and um you know we me and the producer we were operating on the fear that like anytime you know they mm-hmm. could pull the plug on us because at what point does losing all this unknown money becomes worth it right mm-hmm. so then we still had to stay on schedule i lost those days but my rap day was still in the same place mm-hmm. it didn't push back mm-hmm. so my travel days became shoot days mm-hmm. Right. And then there were days when I'm like, I have to make up a day and a half of material to shoot in 12 hours with no overtime. And that was like a hard mandate. Right. And um, 
some of those situations were literally impossible. But like, you know, I would talk to my producer and I'll be like, listen, you know this. I know this. If we do not leave here with the essentials, Mm -hmm. we're going to come back and spend more money to reshoot it. Sure. Yeah. Right. So it's like literally having those conversations where you're fighting you know, um, you know, the not fighting, but like really arguing your point and like serving the artistic integrity of the movie and like what is best for the movie and being like, we're going to try our darndest, mm-hmm. but we all know the reality. Right. right. So it's just um, bizarre because, you know, sometimes those generators will stop working and like make hair and makeup trailer can't get power. And then you, you're supposed to shoot after lunch and then you can't shoot after lunch. And then suddenly we're there for another day anyways, and you got to book more hotels for everyone. So it's just wild. And sometimes those hotels don't have enough to mm-hmm. have like, this is Newfoundland. This is not New York or sure. LA sure, sure. or Atlanta even. And it's like, people there are people three to a room with not enough beds like it's just it's stuff like that right that um because of all of these things that happened you're like literally thinking on your feet Mm -hmm. and it's cumulative all of this is stacking right yes domino effect okay right so i'm rushing scouting and then so i'm really tired and i probably didn't get enough sleep and then it's been raining and I, I'm stressed about how I lost a few shoot days. And now the day that was kind of a recovery day, like that's the other thing about travel days. It's like, you're not loading the C stands into the truck. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're, that's a day for you to like sleep in a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, talk to your cast, circle up with your, it's not like you're, it's a day off really, but like you're talking with your DP, you're talking with your AD, you're strategizing. How are the ways that we can, do all of the different goals how do we achieve all the goals of this film go moving forward right that's why i don't love um french hours yeah you know like when you roll through lunch it's because we we need those moments to just sit down with the team and really put our heads together and figure out how to move forward and it's easy to be like okay well we only have x number of days and we need more time so we're not going to stop and talk because we need to shoot right. and then you never you never have the plan in order in order to get it done exactly you're yeah. just sort of like yeah. just like i don't know terrorizing your nervous system mm-hmm. <laughs> the entire you're just mm-hmm. in fight or flight the entire movie like there was at one point matt where you know we were i think Daphne and I were in a fugue state and um, Neil was pacing outside because he had so much anxiety. But we were just like this scene, one shot, one setup, mm-hmm, one take, sure. let's yeah, go. Yeah, we'll you know, just done. like just yeah, get yeah. it done. And then they're yeah. like C stands and, and Apple box because we're moving so fast. Yeah, yeah. And Neil's like, we'll just comp it out and post, you know, like it was yeah, just yeah, so sure, hysterical. Exactly. It was so hysterical. Can, and, can I talk uh, about the, that scene in particular? Right. So yeah. you're saying just to paint the picture a little bit more. You guys are at the end of your rope and you're just like. I imagine producers have been like, well, can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? And like in the back of your head, you're like, well, technically, yeah, if I didn't light it and the actors, we just did it as a one and we changed the location. Technically I could get it in the can, but that wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. And so that slowly you sort of whittle away the will to like stand up for a scene or a beat or whatever. And you're like, okay, well let's just get it in the can. And we've all been there. 
and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll fix it in post. We'll clean it up in post. We'll comp it out in post. It's, it's But the thing is that, of course, it's like you don't want that, right? And right. I've always prided myself like in being fairly chill on set and like mm-hmm. having a very grounded, uh, like I don't, like my phone is at base camp. I never mm-hmm. bring my phone. I'm never texting. I'm never, I'm always just sitting at village and thinking like that's what I pride myself on but it was so fast we didn't have time to process anything I can't tell if it was good or not I can't Mm -hmm. tell if things were in focus or not because we just didn't have Mm -hmm. time you just you're just going for it right yeah Yeah, it's a nasty feeling it's a nasty feeling It it really it really really is yeah did it work out Yes, because I have the most amazing editor. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's just like, again, it's what you were saying earlier. It's like when we were younger, we didn't really understand how vital it is. Uh, the importance of having the right people around us. Mm-hmm. And like Don, he would check in with me every week and be like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You know, like just yeah. everything looks really good, you know, and just giving me some positive affirmations. That's great. Um, so, so the editor was assembling as you were shooting. Right. Yes. Yeah, and then, great. and then he was great. And he'll be like, Hey, if you have time, can you get a pickup of this? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be good for this scene. And it's just so nice to have that, mm-hmm. you know, um, just because you're just moving so fast and things where you're dealing with like daily things falling apart part you know all the time and you just have uh, other people looking you know looking out for you watching your back on the show we talk about like just needing a shot of a hand on a doorknob you know Mm -hmm. um and how when you're in post it's like hey go grab a camera and and just pick it up just get that shot and make Mm -hmm. it match yeah like uh which we did on uh see you next christmas my hands are the main actor's hands uh, for a nice. few shots, nice. Uh, and it's great. You can't tell the difference, and it's better than like trying to make it work. Blah blah blah. But if your editor is cutting as you're going, you can do that with the actual actor. And like, mm-hmm. look, maybe it's not the right doorknob, but like, you can steal it kind of during lunch or whatever. You can conspire and have a little splinter unit make the that stuff happen and make it even better than if it was just you know in the garage or whatever. Yeah. And it's so great. Cause like, um, he would be, you know, emailing or texting my producer. And then because my head is so in whatever we have to shoot, they'll be like, Oh, Hey rocks, here's some downtime. Why don't we just grab mm-hmm. that real quick? You know? Yeah. yeah, and I'll be yeah like, exactly. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. We have time. Let's go do it. So yeah, it's yeah. just so nice. I feel like with this, it's like to be supported by the right people because mm-hmm. I'm an emotional person. I'm, I'm a director mm-hmm. y'all, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, sure. I can't always be, the leader that I see myself as like, it's just not reality. Well, and also we are half logistics and half artistic. Do you know what I mean? And they, and they affect one another. So the vulnerability that we're expecting from our actors, you have to expect from yourself as well, but also in the back of your head, be like, okay, well, if I get, I cut that shot then we'll still make lunch and that'll put us back on schedule you know like the calculus of it all as you're you're checking it's hard it's It's a hard hard job job. on our last day this is probably the hardest hardest thing of all because this was totally unexpected you know the day before we were shooting on the atlantic ocean you know i had to step off because i was getting sick from the waves but we did like a giant storm rig 
Mm-hmm. And are you, when you say on the Atlantic Ocean, are you in the water or the water. just on, Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're in the water. I had to step off because I got so sick. But I like, would definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> never do a sailing movie. <laughs> I, well, I, I literally, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience that I know myself. I will never do that again. But yeah. like, uh, we did like a giant storm, you know, out on the ocean. It was really cool, you know, and we had a really hard day. But, um, you know, the next day was our last day and all of us were just like, oh, my God, we made it, guys. Like, good job, team. Like, everybody. Great job. We made it through. It's going to be a great film. And then, um, you know, we had a crew member pass away, like on the last day of shooting. Um, And this is not something I wish upon anybody to experience because it was just so terrible just to be clear to everyone listening at home separate from uh, what it, this was not a set accident or something like no, that no, this no. was oh, a yes. separate occurrence exactly yeah, yeah. exactly but um you know he was with us the day before and mm-hmm. um it just so happened that we found out in the middle of our shooting that he passed away and you know the the crew is all locals you know it's a very small community and um everybody was grieving yeah. very hard that day and as for me, that was probably the most challenging thing I had to do because it's like we couldn't call another day because mm-hmm. there was no more money left. And people are flying home tomorrow, literally you, tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but and it's like how to navigate, you know, of course, letting everyone go that like needed to grieve or didn't feel comfortable being on set anymore. But it's like, how do we get through the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. Right. By being with empathy but also like six scenes is a lot like but also getting through them effectively so that people could go home to grieve right um and i think that was probably the hardest day like outside of all the challenges that i talked about like dealing with something that catastrophic emotionally it doesn't get much harder it doesn't get much harder than that yeah I, i mean truly terrible um so that's the two questions come to mind or two issues. Mm-hmm. Um, how you, what your philosophy is, what your take is, how do you lead a team through that? Right. With as much compassion as you can. Mm-hmm. And then also the other side of the coin of like, how do you deal with it? Right. Because I, I remember this is not an apples to apples comparison, but I remember I directed a campaign for college humor. So a bunch of good, good friends, um, mm-hmm. the day after Trump got elected. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was really hard. It was really, really hard. And I remember I would, I would come, I'd after a take, I'd go back over to video village and I'd be like, Hey everyone, how do we feel about this? And, um, they'd all be like literally like wiping away tears. Do you know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. like uh, just again, not the same, but still like a a collective trauma on set for um, at least some of the people there. Um, And I remember one of my friends being like, how are you doing this? And I was like, I don't remember what my answer was at the time, but, but I just repressed it all. Like I just did, I just shut off that part of my heart and brain and soul. And then the next day it hit me. And that is not a healthy way to live. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it was only one day, 
So mm-hmm. like a kind of a different deal. And I don't know what I would do faced with that again, like how I would cope in, in a healthier way or manner. But so I'm curious, Roxy, on both sides, like what, how did you process as an introspective and sensitive person? What do you do? And then how, how do you lead your team? I felt like, Matt, what you did was the right thing to do, though. You know, like I felt yeah. like you had to. It's like when everything it's that same philosophy that I'm totally saying wrong. It's like when things are uh, when when everyone when things are difficult, you got to be strong. Right. And mm-hmm. then like when things are good, be soft or, or something like mm-hmm. that. But it's like you had to be the one to carry through shooting. You're like, I'm you, disassociating. You I'm have not to in my body. Here we go. You kind of have to. You kind <laughs> of have to because Maybe. you have to yeah. because you're the leader. Yeah. When you're yeah. the leader, you don't have that choice. But yeah. I think I think it's it's choosing how to lead in that moment, like being gentle with others while mm-hmm. also carrying them through it mm-hmm. and also being the voice. Like, I think your voice is so important. Your energy is so important, you know, so it's like in that moment, it's like maybe my AD, I, I wouldn't rely on them in that moment. Like, All right, guys, you know, I know that it's a hard thing. You just speak up. Right. And then you just be like, we only have a few more things to get through. Um, Just be very mindful, you know, and have, like mm-hmm. speak up if if things are too hard for you, like we'll work around it. Let's get through this together. All right. And then, um, and just really being that strength that not that we could all just go home because I don't know how you felt, but it's like in that experience that you had with like Trump getting elected and like with our crew experiencing what we did is in that moment I felt when I found out first it was shock. Second was none of this matters. I'm just making a movie. Right. Right. right? Like sure. literally this is just a movie. Right. And let me carry everyone so that we finish mm-hmm. and um, we'll finish when we finish. Right. Like no mandate on overtime. Cause pe- we're obviously we need time. And mm-hmm. um, those who need to leave can leave just really picking, like you have to be the one to pick up the extra weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just what it is. And then you can grieve after sure. It's not healthy, but it's what needs to happen. You're in that position. You're in that position, you know? Let me ask something and we can cut it if, if you don't want to talk about it. But um, sure. how how was that information disseminated? How was the crew told? How did people find out? Um, and what would you recommend on that front? And and this could be for any any hard, sensitive, bad news, right? So this is what I would suggest um, because this information was delivered to us quite immediately mm-hmm. and uh it was before lunch we were we were told to stop shooting and then um this was what we were told and and mm-hmm. uh, you know that was just for was me. it like was it like <laughs> hey, hey everyone circle up real quick or yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was like oh everybody we we have we have something we have something that we have to tell everybody right now and then we go and send the actors to the trailers but the actors wanted to know what was happening they weren't going to go to their trailers because we're, we're in the middle of like shooting a scene right sure yeah. so like everyone has a right to know i think how i would have preferred for it to happen is for that information to be delivered at the appropriate time uh-huh sure right so uh, just when 
if you're in the if you're a producer, if you're a director, if you are aware of something, just to know that the timing of information really impacts what happens, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like everybody was carrying this and maybe they had reasons for giving us that information mm-hmm. very soon. Like maybe, I mean, there's something I don't know about. I want to give that. Do you mean it's like relative to what, what you were shooting and when, or relative to the time of day? Or? I would just say relative to the time of day. Uh-huh. Because, but then, you know, people are on their phones, right? But I don't sure. know. People could get information, like people could start talking. I don't know. But right. I think in terms of focus and everyone's emotional capacity um and just maybe at lunch or something when people have more time and space you have an hour for lunch right mm-hmm. um and then you could talk about it like maybe that but it was it was really hard for it, it to be for us to be told that you know suddenly in the middle yeah. of shooting a scene yeah. like barely two hours in did you break for lunch then no after that oh we oh. did break for lunch later because there was just but we had to go back to shooting because yeah. we weren't even close to lunch yet. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, uh, that's what I would have preferred, but who knows? There's things, there could be things I wasn't aware of. Like, I don't know. Right. Sure. So, boy, it, it, it is really tricky. My, and my heart goes out to everyone uh, mm-hmm. from a, from a problem solving perspective. The point about the phones is right on. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't wait too, too long, but also, like you can't be like deliver the news and then be like, okay, well, everyone back to work. We got to make our day. You know, like you do like the top of lunch is probably when you want it. Yeah. I don't know. Boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just terrible. No the matter thing what. is there are yeah. no easy answers. Yeah. I think that's what I yeah. learned from this experience is that no matter how you chose to, to make decisions on what happened that day, every choice was hard. Yeah. There's no yeah. easy solutions for it. And that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> oy, Very oy, positive, oy. happy, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's right. No, and, and again, you're very proud of the film. Yes, like, it's, extremely. It's going to turn out well. You know, there's positive feelings around it. So, mm-hmm. so before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about post. Right, mm-hmm. because all of the the production decisions that we're talking about, those all had real ramifications. The weather of it all, the number mm-hmm. of takes you got, mm-hmm. shooting on those travel days, leaning into the idea of um, shooting, like enjoying the the weather versus not, or, or rather mm-hmm. embracing the weather on a take by take basis. Mm-hmm. All of this. So, any problems in post that we should be aware of? Um, miraculously so far, I'm a fucking genius. (laughs) And I think, I think, first of all, I also want to add in a little tidbit of a suggestion. Like, I think, look, your friends are so important, y'all. Like, Daphne and I lived together during these two months. And um, I think when things are really hard, and she's so wonderful, she looks at me, she's like, you're a genius. She's like, (laughs) everyone is so lucky to have us. If it wasn't for us, we would, you know, and then I would repeat it back to her. I'm like, you're a genius, right? And it's just like constantly affirming, because I think you need people around you know, to like amp each other up like through yeah. hard shit. Right. And yeah. then, um, and then you have each other's back. So it's like just being very present in the moment. We both be like, Oh, this is cut together. Does it not? Okay. We got it. And mm-hmm. just like, 
And then there are things that we weren't confident about, but then like my editor will be like, oh yeah, I don't see an issue with that. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. a way around it. Mm-hmm. And I think all of this comes to experience. So mm-hmm. I am very experienced at this point and I trust myself inherently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trust those around me just as much. So it's like, um, I, I think just, I just, I don't know. There's whenever I have that doubt, I just lean on my friends Mm -hmm. and just be like, do you see an issue with this or whatever? But the movie, I got my editor's cut two weeks after I came back from LA and I was like, I'm not ready to see this. Yeah. 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 And then I, you know, my partner, he, he was very supportive. He like watched it with me. And then I was like, Oh my God, like I got it. Like I got what Mm -hmm. we needed. And now it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of, making choices making it um, better. But yeah. i don't know yeah. i just delivered my director's cut who knows how many issues the rest of post will bring because we all need to be cautiously optimistic i feel like sure, that's sure. always what it is but there is that sigh of relief of like oh it's gonna work you know like like when you're when it's truly a challenging shoot and so many scenes are a blur and like you made decisions in the moment that you know, you stand by, but like you second guess or whatever. There's, there's a, I remember having early on feelings of like, is this even going to cut together? Is it going to work at all? You know, and just knowing, yes, it's going to. Yeah. I think it's half, um, half experience and then having a collaborator, the editor being to confirm that for you. First, first starting out, I would do the thing where I'd like just build my scenes around cool shots, right? Mm-hmm. I'd put together, they'd be like this cool shot and that cool shot or whatever. We all did. Right, of course, of <laughs> yeah. course. That's, I think like that's part of what, what part you of first it. think of of directing as is yeah. like, okay, well, you get good performances and you get cool shots and then it'll all work. <laughs> yeah. That's not terrible advice, but, but then, <laughs> you know, that, that, nips you you kind of get in trouble a couple times you realize yeah. oh this doesn't work the way i wanted it to and then you you learn about coverage you start building in a safety net right and before you know it when you're rushing you're like okay and then this is really a comedy thing but you know uh i'm sure it applies across the board it's like okay well when in doubt master shot two shot close up close up and i'm good i know it will work mm-hmm. it will always work mm-hmm. And that's a pretty boring scene visually. Yes. And maybe the jokes are great and the performances are great. And like each of those shots on their own has compositional validity to it. But master two close, close is just, it's a, it's a basic it also recipe. Feels lazy. It's, like a, it's a box cake for yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. It feels lazy. And so, so then you, you're like, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. That doesn't make any sense. I want to grow. I want to be better. I'm just playing it safe. And so you start throwing in those weird shots again. And then that, that creeping feeling of like, oh, shoot. Like, is this boring? Or did I get it? Kind of comes back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, are there things that you do to just to make yourself feel confident in the way that you've shot out a scene to make myself feel confident i feel like i just know it i think Mm -hmm. it's um 
for me, it's like uh, blocking turns me on. That's like my freaking most favorite thing about directing mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. just the just like getting to play with the dynamic emotional energy of the actors and whatever it is they're dealing with in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is but, everything. But and then you said like in terms of shot list, you you turn to your DP to kind yeah. of come up come up with that together with them. Yeah, is that are you when you're blocking are you thinking about pieces are you thinking about okay well if i have them cross it's going to add another setup and so do i have the schedule for that or you know what i mean oh that's a really good question you know there were some dps i work with where i have to be more hands-on but when i get Mm -hmm. to work with someone like daphne oh my gosh i can just play like i could experiment with blocking and then she'll watch it and she'll be inspired by the way she wants to shoot it and what Mm -hmm. to capture emotionally when she watches the rehearsals Mm -hmm. and then there'll be times when she's like hey rocks like okay we don't have a lot of time i'm like okay then let's simplify it a little bit Mm -hmm. and let's Mm -hmm. really make it about this moment like like Mm -hmm. to me like what you're describing is like when when things are in a pressure cooker and mm-hmm. it doesn't work out the way that you originally blocked it but it always becomes better because in that pressure cooker you're really forced to be on top of your game and you're mm-hmm. really forced to find your focus mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how What's- Daphne sees things is always much more dynamic than how I see it in my head because mm-hmm. she's a cinematographer I'm not um, and yeah. I trust her and like my job is to make sure that whatever it is that I need to find, like, for example, like my, my two actors were arguing in the scene and this is the fir- one of their first scenes that they shot. We're still getting to know each other, you know, as um, as creatives. And so they were acting out the scene and we rehearsed it. And I'm just like, it's just not right. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like you need to give, you need to give him something else like to really provoke him. Like, let's try that. And if the energy is there, then all they have to do is capture it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they being camera yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah, camera just yeah. has to capture that and like i'm just signing off on whether or not we get that moment in the way that it's supposed to whether it's like in a move or whether it's static or like we sit like um and so i don't know i think like as i get older i'm more and more confident in myself and those around me i don't have anxiety as much about like oh like every day we're just like, Oh, this happened. All right. Well, that's not my problem. Like quite mm-hmm, literally, mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. I know I'm healing when I don't take, when I don't see everything as my responsibility. And I feel that in the moment I can create because that's when I'm the most connected to my power. <laughs> it's like a director. Right? Yeah. That sounds super woo woo, but I, no, whatever. No. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, I'm glad Oren's not here for this. <laughs> <laughs> is he going wait what because he's just gonna why we say what he's like yep moving on <laughs> but you, <laughs> you know, know what i'm saying you know it's like you, you understand that feeling and mm-hmm. i'm teasing Oren agrees as well i think okay. it's like like how you i think the approach is just different in terms of how we get there you know right. how one gets there and totally. like some people a little bit more anxious is uh, to use your word i think that's right and then also mm-hmm. uh just type a the math of it can be a little tricky for people sometimes right or the steps the choreography you want to i think if you come from commercials you come from animation or you come from things that require that vfx that require that specificity mm-hmm. and me i'm all about being messy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it just comes from a different experience um and you know, I don't know how I would do if I need something to be like super technical within 30 seconds. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not a technical person. I'm a messy performance driven director. 
artiste. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, Roxy, uh, I love that. I can't wait to see the movie. I'm sure you'll be back on soon to tell us more about it. Yeah. Um, and the, the 16 other movies you're going to shoot in between now and then. Oh, stop. I um, just really you, want this strike to be over. <laughs> boy, tell me about it. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> Um, well, Roxy, do you have a few more minutes to hang out and endorse with us? Uh, yeah. Unpaid endorsements. So my unpaid endorsement is an Instagram account called Retro Sci-Fi Art. Ooh. No spaces, all one word, Retro Sci-Fi Art. If you're going to be on Instagram, why not get a little inspiration? And boy, it's it's great. It, you know, look, if it was 10 years ago, this would just be a Tumblr. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. here we are on Instagram and like <laughs> they'll put together like a carousel of like a handful of images from a film or an anime or, um, you know, a photographer. And it always makes my feed inspiring and better. OK, for me, if y'all haven't seen past lives yet, get your ass to the cinema if I can watch it. Matt, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. But to be fair, I haven't seen a goddamn thing. I know. It's okay. I can't I can't leave my house. You <laughs> I mean I can during the day, but then the baby goes to sleep at seven, so it's hard to go to a movie. It really it hurts. <laughs> you know I'm religious, Roxy. And I haven't been to church in two years. Oh my gosh, man. No, you have to uh, get tell, us, tell us about Past Lives. Oh okay. uh, so Past Lives is a movie by Celine Song, and it is her first movie ever. So Past Lives is a movie starring Greta Lee and Tao Yu, and it's directed by Celine Song. And uh, this movie, I can't even, it, it just, it's just so, it's like the perfect movie. Like, I, there's no other way to describe it. The way it's written, the way it talks about your childhood love and um, one that holds on and, and like, when is it time to move forward? And like all the what ifs that you could have played, like it's so romantic in that sense. And I think because I'm like an immigrant and I'm third culture kid, like, and the story talks about like how she left Korea at 12 and then her 12 year old love at that time, you know, just felt like it was a sudden goodbye and things were not really resolved. And you see them at 12 years old, you see them at 24. And then you see them at 36. So like these three points in their lives and they connect mm -hmm. or reconnected. And it is sheer perfection and poetry. And the ending is. No spoilers, Roxy. I'm going to see mean, it. Oh, my gosh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. There's like a fucking wait. lesson in screenwriting and directing. This is it. Like can, what a perfect movie. Do you know much about Celine Song? She, I don't know anything about she her. does theater. She, ah, I think she okay. works in theater. She's like a playwright, but um, oh, that's the relief. Uh, you, you can hear me. Right. 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 And you're like, wow. every <laughs> once in a while you hear of like a first time filmmaker who's never shot anything on film and they're, they just come out of the gate. Perfect. Right. No, 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 like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't give yeah, that yeah. context, but no, like, no, no, yes, okay. uh, I wish she's really cut her teeth, you know, in, in the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, it's just, it's just so inspiring. It's definitely not a movie that I feel like, like, I, I think when you look at movies like this and at first you're just like, oh my gosh, like, how do they get it so good? But at the same time, like when I'm watching, it, I was like, oh, this is totally never a movie I would make, but mm -hmm. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you know like how perfect it is of a film mm -hmm. and you just you just feel fueled by that 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 
there's a story within you somewhere that is willing to be as vulnerable and as, you know, you're willing to dive that deep. Like I've never cried so hard. Like I cried so hard, Matt, that I felt drunk, that <laughs> I felt completely like I was so dehydrated. I was so dehydrated that I felt drunk like that. If y'all have watched past lives, hit me up y'all like text, like DM me. All right. And let's talk about it. Like yeah, yeah. it would a fucking piece of art. Thank you so much, Roxy. Super fun. Oh my God. Where can people keep track of all your goings on? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, the millennial platform for all millennials mm-hmm. at Roxy. She is just my name. You can DM me. I probably won't respond for a long time because I don't know how to use it. Um, but when I do, I promise I may or may not say anything, but I send you love mm-hmm. for hitting me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think that's it. Like I'm kind of lame nowadays. Like I just yeah. live your life. Thank no, you. Yeah. You're busy making movies and touching grass. Right. That's the move. Touching grass. Yeah. Uh, you can follow. Uh, if you have questions for the show, if you want us to put you in touch with Roxy, you can tweet at us or DM us or all of that stuff at just shoot pod across all social media. And you can follow me at Mr. Matt Enlo. I'm across all social media there. This episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Thanks, Noah. Produced by Tyler Small. You're listening to music provided by the free music archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 